We're back, guys. Here we are. Do you think we were going to leave forever? No. Oh, that's We're not good. going anywhere, no, so no. screw you. So screw oh, you. I'm sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Oh, jeez. I know you were thinking it. That was it. aggressive. We're coming out a little too hot. Yeah. Coming we're just excited because it's listener pick Listener picks week. are so fun. They are fun because oh. you never know what you're going to get. Well, you guys don't. We know. You don't. We, don't. We, have to, we, have to, we have to at least pretend that we prepare for these episodes. <laughs> I mean, you know, the bare minimum. Plus, listener picks are fun because we're at least a beer in to our recording sessions. Absolutely. So, uh, speaking of what you got there, Kirk. So I've got another, for if, if anyone remembers from last episode, I've got another Tracy beer. And this one is Angry Hanks. Hey, Hanks Hot Takes. Hey. Um, it's called Street Fight. It's a red ale. And this is from... Do you know, Alan? Uh, I believe Montana. I believe. Oh, it it's Montana. A, at the top of your can there. Turn it around there. Wait, here it is. Billings. Yep. Billings. Billings. I should have known that. That's usually well, where I, I fly. Just... That's what, if I fly, I fly oh, that's where you Billings. go in? Yeah. Okay. Because it's like not not far from where am I? Okay. Folks live. I got one of my favorites from Public Coast Brewing Company. Is Public Coast. Hey, Ben. Coconut brown ale. That is, is a, no. Do that. you guys like Samoas? Because uh, or or like black f- or uh, black forest, forest cake, cake, yeah. That's what if this you don't, beer. You're wrong. That's what this beer tastes like. It's just coconutty and just malty and oh, so good. It, it, seriously, you're not wrong. And uh, you know, it takes me a little while to drive here from where I live, and so by the time I get here, my my beers aren't exactly ice cold, but this still holds up when it's almost oh, room temperature. I you would know? say a brown. Yeah, you're okay with it a little, yeah, little warmer. A little bit, a little warmer. Yeah. It uh, it opens up a little bit. Yeah, uh, to sound really beer douchey. <laughs> no, that's a good one. But it's a good one. We're listening to. Well, I almost said we're listening to a listener pick. We are. That's very poor podcasting. Who yeah. brought who brought us this one, Kirk? Uh, our good mutual friend Steve. Yup. This is not. This album is not a surprise to me. No, coming from Steve. Steve? Oh yeah, yeah, no, not at all. He actually he approached me. He accosted me <laughs> in Bridge and Tunnel. I was gonna say Steve's good at that. From uh, probably two or three months ago, and was like, hey. You guys don't talk about music that I like. Oh my God. Is essentially what that came down to. Yep. And he suggested this one that we are listening to Tim by The Replacements. I'm vaguely familiar with The Replacements. I know like one or two of their songs, but he said, Hey, this is their masterpiece. You need to listen to this album and you need to talk about it on your podcast so I can listen to your podcast and actually know what you're talking about. So I knew them from like the theme of Friends. Oh no no no! Oh, 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 oh man, oh, I don't even. I don't, oh, I'm not even no. an Uber fan, and oh, I was offended no. that you just said that. Steve is gonna punch me. He might punch you out a little bit. <laughs> so if you don't know, the theme of Friends is by the the Rembrandts. Rembrandts. <laughs> oh um, anyway, uh, so yeah, I was kind of the same. I knew like. I definitely was aware of the replacements and I was aware yeah. of their gravitas. Yeah. Like that were that they are well thought of and that they are yeah. very influential in the music scene. Uh-huh. Uh, which we're gonna talk about uh, on my end at least. We uh, are, but we gotta do one thing first, and yes. I can't believe we blew past oh, this. Oh no. <laughs> are you saying that you've never heard this? <laughs> okay. Give us a little leeway. It's been a while. <laughs> We've uh, never, never heard, this. heard this theme song insert here. 
band I love and I know you love them too but you're just shaking your head like you haven't got a clue but what are we gonna do about it I've got an idea start a podcast and talk about it while sipping on a beer you've never heard this you've never heard this you've never heard this you've never heard this yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, boy. Those goofy guys. Oh, God. It's been a while since we've done that. We'll get it back. We'll get, we'll get our, you know, and uh, get our group back. Um, so I'm actually really surprised that I'm not more familiar with the replacement. Yeah, I am too, honestly. Uh, first off, just because of their kind of status in the music industry. Sure, absolutely. And like Paul Westerberg is like a big, you know, and also they're from Minneapolis. Yes, and that was what I was thinking too. I was like, wow, I'm really sh- like be- just because yeah. of where they are from. Yeah, I am. Kinda... I'm super shocked that yes. you were not more of a. But what we'll get into, I think I, I think I know why. Why is that? That I'm not it. What we're going to start, like when we get into this first song, my first indicate, like my first impression is that not my genre. Okay. No, that makes sense. Sorry, Steve, but. They are, but I mean. But. But. but, It's like you said, their gravitas and just how, you know, how much they probably influenced a million alternative or like college bands that we love. To the point where like. Uh, Peter Buck played on one of their songs that I literally just looked up the name of and immediately forgot. I will dare is the name <laughs> of the song to the point where he, you know, he plays on, I will dare, which was on the album before this, I believe. And is m- to some people more known for that song than he is for being an REM. Like I read, I read this quote where he's like, people come up to me all the time. And it was like, what was it like playing on? I will dare. <laughs> See, no. and he's like, Hey, you do know. I was hey, do you remember that, that huge band right? that I'm in? Yeah. <laughs> interesting. It is pretty interesting. That's so cool. I think it's funny. I wrote down as far as band bio, I said, read wiki on origins, such an adventure. Cause I didn't want to have to yes. like pick and choose what I wrote down. So uh, under their formation in early years from 1978 to 1980, uh, the replacement's history began in many, uh, and I am just verbatim reading this from Wikipedia, yeah. so bear with me. The replacement's history began in Minneapolis in 1978 when 19-year-old Bob Stinson gave his 11-year-old brother Tommy <laughs> Stinson a bass guitar to keep him off the streets. That year, Bob met Mars, a high school dropout. With Mars playing guitar and then switching to drums, the trio called themselves Dog Breath, and began covering songs by Aerosmith, Ted Nugent, and Yes, without a singer. (laughs) One day, as Westerberg, and that's Paul Westerberg, a janitor in U.S. Senator David Durenberger's office, (laughs) was walking home from work, he heard a band playing in the Stinson's house. After being impressed by the band's performance, Westerberg regularly listened in after work. Mars knew Westerberg and invited him over to jam. Westerberg was unaware Mars drummed in dog breath. Dog Breath auditioned several vocalists, including a hippie who read lyrics off a sheet. The band eventually found a vocalist, but Westerberg wanted to be the singer. 
and took him aside one day to say, the band doesn't like you. <laughs> the, the vocalist soon left and Westerberg replaced him. Before Westerberg <laughs> joined the band, Dog Breath often drank and took various drugs during rehearsals, playing songs as an afterthought. Uh-huh. In contrast to the rest of the band, the relatively disciplined Westerberg appeared at rehearsals in neat clothes and insisted on practicing <laughs> songs until he was happy with them. They didn't even know what punk was. They didn't like punk. Chris had hair down to his shoulders, Westerberg chortled to an interviewer. But after the band members discovered first-generation English punk bands like The Clash, The Jam, The Damned, and The Buzzcocks, Dog Breath changed its name to The Impediments and played a drunken performance without Tommy Stinson at a church hall gig in June 1980. After being banned from the venue for disorderly (laughs) behavior, they changed the name to The Replacements. In an unpublished memoir, Mars later explained the band's choice of name. Like, maybe the main act doesn't show, and instead the crowd has to settle for an earful of us dirtbags. (laughs) It seemed to sit just right with us, accurately describing our collective secondary social esteem. What a story. So, I saw that. that. Very punk, very weird Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and I don't know if we said this is 1985. Yeah, when this album came out. This yes. is their fourth album, and it was their first on a major label. Yes. It was released on Sire Records. And the last of the original lineup. Correct. Yeah, Bob Stinson got kicked out in 1986. Yes. Yep. Uh, and produced by Tommy Ramone. Yeah, the drummer for the Ramones. Ramones. And as far as I know, it's the only album he produced. Oh, yeah, I didn't look beyond, so I don't know. So I couldn't really find yeah. anything else. Uh, so it was released okay. on October 16th in 1985. So let's uh, let's fucking jump right in. Well, first let's. Oh, uh, no. I'm, oh. Gonna, I'm just going to read oh, yeah. uh, what Steve had to say. He, you know, we 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 tell our listeners who who give us these picks, say as much or as little as you want. If you want to go through track by track, that's great. Oh, if you want to just give yes, a blurb, yes, yes, my bad. That's right. It's, yes. it, if you just want to give a blurb, that's fine too. So I messaged him on Facebook, yes. and uh, all he said was, "I'm not good at detailing records like <laughs> you two are." So here's what I have to say: Tim is the replacement's masterpiece and should be on every rock and roller's top ten list. He said, "I was 30 when this came out, and I still listen to it regularly 36 years later, always with a beer in my hand and dancing around the living room." He said, "I love every song on Tim, so I'll let you two pick." Uh, pick them apart. Just be careful. Sooner or later, I will run into you guys. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> he said, also, Here Comes the Regular, which is the last track uh-huh. on the album. He said, Here Comes the Regular is the story of my life, so don't make me cry. Well, not not the <laughs> so, last track, but... Yes. Oh, no, you're right. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. My bad. Yep. I corrected you and I was wrong. Yeah, so we can't make him cry because it's the story of no. his life. So, Steve... I'm sure you're going to listen to this. Yeah. I, I love you. We're going to let you know as soon as it's out. I love you and keep that in mind. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you see him more than I do. Yes, so I, I feel do. like you're in a little more no. da- danger. I am I in am. danger. Well, we'll see. No. We'll see. This will be fine. Here we hey, go. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Let's just get into it. How about track, track number one's called Hold My Life.
so where are you at, Alan? I'm going to let you uh, open let, up the open up the floor yep, on this one. I'm going to uh, let Alan take I've, this first. With the very little exposure I had to the replacements, one thing has always remained true, and it's that I think Paul Westerberg's voice is awesome. Yes. Okay. I'm hundred. Yes. Absolutely. And it's a well-written song. Absolutely. It's absolutely. It, you don't know where it's going to go. Absolutely. And that's what I like about okay. it. It kind of keeps you on your toes. Okay. I'm there with you, but this is where I was like, this is just not my genre. Yeah. This song, okay, like first impressions, I don't know, the very kind of simple, kind of, like, what are they? Cla- they're they're classified as punk, right? Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> excuse me. Oh my gosh, there's that pneumonia again. Because they're not like, like hardcore punk. I would say punk adjacent. Punk like they probably got, and I'm not speaking from experience because I'm only 33. But they probably <laughs> got. Steve played, right now is just like. Argh. They probably got played on a lot of college radio. Sure. Um, alternative uh, leaning punk. Would so, my, I don't know. Like That'd be my guess. I don't know. It's, it's like, I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. Like, this song. First off, I'm, right now, I'm commenting more on this song. Like, it's very, Rather than the band or the album as yes. a whole. Yeah. It's more kind of very simplistic, kind of just straight up punk, comma, rock, you know. Again, I appreciate it for what it is. Yeah. It's just not, I wouldn't say, like, this would... This would not hold my attention in just, you know, outside the podcast. Yeah, and, that, and that's where the benefit of analyzing it for the podcast comes in, because yes. I'm, I'm right there with it. I don't yes. know that I would have given it much attention. No, I, I think... In fact, the only song I know off of this album, the only reason I know it is because I have a, a book called Pitchfork 500, oh. and it's Pitchfork's just the, what they think are the 500 sure. greatest songs from like 76 to like 2006. And the one song I know on this album is on that list, and that's the only reason I was exposed to it, and it's a f- it's an amazing song. Okay, that's and why... We'll, and we'll get there. I was going to say, that's why I'm trying to be cautious in being like, I'm talking about this song right now. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. Yes. And I mean, by all means, let it let it fly, my friend. Yes, we're trying to be better about that, aren't we? We've, aren't been, we? we've been trying to be better about our lukewarm opinions for like six months. And this just, is also Steve, and I love Steve. I so do too. I'm trying to be... Love that guy's sideburns. <laughs> <I'm trying> to... <laughs> so, so iconic. Real quick before, oh, uh, before we move on to the <laughs> next song. There's the the lyrics razzle dazzle razzle yes. roll. Time uh-huh. for this one to come home. Uh, it's from the NBC cartoon Tudor Turtle. That was it only sounds on. Sounds familiar. It's only on from 1960 to 61. He's oh a, god. Tudor okay. would always ask to magically be someone else for a while. Oh. To bring him home from the inevitable trouble that ensued, Mister Wizard. I don't know if it's the same Mister Wizard like the science guy. Huh. He would chant twizzle twazzle twazzle twom. Time for this one to come home. Hmm. Then Mr. Wizard would give Tudor the same advice. Be just what you is, not what you is not. So one of Westerberg's favorite themes is identity, and here he ups the metaphor skill level by using a cartoon that wants to be a different cartoon. Dang. Steve, do you know this cartoon? Let Let us know. know. Let me know. Let us know. Yeah. Tudor Turtle. Let's go to track number two, Kirk. Let's do it. I'll buy. 
so again, uh, sorry, Steve, but <laughs> like this song, like I get it, like kind of that. This one to me is just like almost like Elvis. Kind yeah, of well, straight that's, that's rock. A, that's what I like about it. It's a, I said a shocking development, old rock and roll. I mean, and again, I appreciate for what it is, but to me, it's just not my thing. Not your thing. To me, yeah. I would say it's like boring. Okay. Because it is just kind of very straight laced. Yeah, I don't know. I dig it. Okay. I, I think the chorus is cute. I mean, again, I don't hate it. I'm just saying, like, if this came on, I would start zoning out. Kirk, it's okay if you hate it. Oh, God. You don't have to I'm hold I'm struggling back. with this. <laughs> Uh, but yes, I know. I no, no, no. But I don't. I can't say I hate it. Okay, I don't hate it. I believe you. I'm just saying it's. I believe to you. To me, it's boring. <laughs> God, that still sounds so bad. <laughs> and it's okay if it does. That's the whole point of this podcast. Okay, but I think I will redeem myself later. I'm like on. encouraging you to <laughs> not hold back. I feel like the Emperor in Star Wars. I'm like, yes. release your hate. I'll just say, embrace the dark side. Uh, yeah. So. Well, that's all right. <laughs> it is. Let's uh, let's move on to track number three, shall we? It's called "Kiss Me on the Bus." This song was part of a disastrous SNL performance where the band got drunk, switched outfits, missed cues, and had a grand old time. If you haven't seen the video, I really highly suggest I haven't, but I, I want to watch it. I love SNL disasters. Yes. Hell yeah. It's great. Because when you mess up, Lorne does not invite you back. Nope. You don't get to be on the nope. show again. Uh, this one's pretty straightforward. It's about kissing on a bus. It 100% is. Hurry up. Here comes my stop. Yep. Uh, so I actually said, okay, better. Enjoy this one. Uh, this is where, in my listens to this album, uh, I, c- I can really hear that I feel like I would say they were ahead of their time. Yeah. I think that's one way to put it, but the other way is that they influenced so many 90s bands. Sure. Do you have any in, in mind that, you're, that so you can think of? Every time I listened, I was trying to like find like what does this sound like? You know, like what 90s band? Because to me, this sounds 90s to me. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think that was their influence. But no, I could not really come up with, other than I did read 
that uh, Johnny Resnick from Goo Goo Dolls oh. said, like, he even said, like, his quote was something like, obviously, they're a big inspiration. Wow. No, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> I'm, i like, okay, listening yeah. now. I'm going to have to listen with that in mind because, like, in the back of my mind, without, yeah, yeah. you know, listening to more of this album or even just thinking of the first three tracks, I'm like, I could kind of see that. I can, yes. Yes, absolutely. That's so bizarre. What a weird connection. Did you have any bands that you could hear? Yes, and I'll get into it actually okay. on, on the one track because that I'm I know. Because I'm super curious. Because I was trying really hard. Because that sentiment is going to repeat itself on some later songs. Yeah. And again, I was like, whoa. This it's one of those words. like, it's mostly just the way Paul Westerberg's voice sounds that and and um, and, the, and as soon as i tell you who it reminds me of you're uh-huh. gonna be like oh shit uh, yeah. i bet i am so uh-huh. uh, but we've got uh okay. we got a few tracks to go because it's the on the one that i know okay i think i might even know which song you might know because it was like the song that had a lot of exposure yeah yeah mm-hmm. um how about dose of thunder how about it song satire i think oh i hope i hope it is i never thought of that i don't like to i don't like to think about the bands that i appreciate or enjoy doing lots of drugs but they probably did oh i'm sure they dose of thunder i mean it's obvious going down to the pool hall you're looking for the eight ball ball. that's more than just a you know it's a it's a metaphor i mean it's not it's it's not veiled very yeah no not at all um I was like, oh, damn it, Steve. This is like a Dwayne song. I was like, it is. I was it's like, such a Dwayne song. Oh, man. And I didn't realize that until you <laughs> said it out loud just now. Well, because I use that term so often, and I know this is such a. So give me ins- another example of a Dwayne song. Oh, God. Twisted Sister. Anything by, yeah, anything by Twisted, Twisted Sister. Sister uh, Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Yeah. Like any of those, like, hair metal kind of, you know. Oh God! Definitely, Twisted Sister is a big one. <laughs> so this one, I was—I even wrote down. I was like, I was kind of like, meh. Like this sounds like hair metal. Yeah, it's not my favorite, but I'm really hoping that it's satirical. Okay, I mean, yeah. they were probably were doing drugs, but they wrote the song. <laughs> yeah. They wrote the song in a satirical way. Okay. I haven't—I haven't found anything to corroborate that, but sure. it just—it no, doesn't seem. It seems so out of place on the album. To I me, see, yeah, that I totally agree. That I, I just have this hmm. feeling that they were just like, wouldn't it be hilarious if we wrote a hair metal song? And it's about us just fucking doing, doing drugs, so much coke, right? Yeah, you might be right. I don't know. Steve's like, you motherfuckers, no. just enjoy it for what it is. 
All right. So how about... Uh, Waitress in the Sky? Waitress in the Sky. This song's hilarious. You just you just know that Paul Westerberg had a shitty experience with yep. a with a I almost said stewardess, but that is yes. very incorrect. Uh, flight a attendant. Flight that's attendant, the word I'm looking for. Say, yeah. And uh, he's like, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna write You're a song a waitress about it. In the sky. You're just a waitress in the sky. It is a funny song. I I actually <laughs> I did enjoy this one. Yeah. I love a real union flight attendant. My oh my, you ain't nothing but a waitress, waitress in, in the, the sky. sky. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, screw you for treating me yep. like, like right? crap. I'm gonna write a song about you. Little do you know, I'm a musician. They have like, like short songs. They do. Yeah. It's so cheeky, like to the point where before I did research on this band, I thought they were British. Oh, I never. I didn't know they were from the Midwest. <laughs> I actually never, yeah. I think because right away I was like, oh, yeah, Minneapolis, of course. So, yeah. Yeah. I never th- thought. Uh, I think we're actually where we w- would want to take a break. Yeah, you're right. We got a or, little, just a little. Or do you want to do one more? Uh, what do you think? Let's do one more. Let's Why do it. Not? Let's go. Let's do swinging party. Let's do it.
So this song, I was a hundred percent like, man, I can hear like '90s bands in this. Yeah, um, which is hilarious because this is inspired by Roy Orbison. Yeah, I mean, I could see that too. I guess I dig this tune. I really do. Me too. It's sad. Yeah. Did you see Lord covered it? No. <laughs> yeah. No. What? Yeah. She covered this song. Oh, it's a, it's to... like the special edition of her first album. I like... used to love Lord. Yeah. I've not listened to her in forever. Oh but... man, that's. Oh. Well, you just revealed something to me because she's definitely been on my list of albums to give you, but uh, apparently you. Are... Oh no, her one the what? Uh, Pure heroin. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, that's that's going to be a mutual pick at I'll some say, point. Uh, God, that used to be like big. You know, rotation. Sure. Oh, oh, yeah. That's good to know. Well, I won't present oh, it to yeah. you as an option then. I used to love... Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let's talk about this band. <laughs> let's do it. Uh, so Paul Westerberg said, one of the reasons we used to drink so much is that it was scary going up on stage. That's one of the things Swingin' Party is all about on the album. How it's a little frightening to put yourself on display all the time. The funny thing is people think you must have all this confidence to get up oh, on stage. I- totally understand i just that. love that line if being afraid is a crime we yes! hang we hang side by side yes! at the swinging party down yes so good this is a great song i, I did not yep. like it the first time i heard it really? but it is it is a good song i was gonna say like this is where again like i don't want to get too far into it because we have a few more yet but like the first part of the, the first half of this album i was kind of like uh, okay yeah. and then i get to this and i'm like god i think i'm I'm down, and uh, we'll see. The, the other half of this album might be... Might be a different story? Might be a different story. All right, well, we're going to have to find <laughs> out on the other side of this break. We might. There's a little cliffhanger. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Hi, everybody at You've Never Heard This. My name is Matt from the Nighthawks podcast. And I'm Trevor from the Nighthawks podcast. We're asking with some incredulity, you've never heard... The Nighthawks podcast? You mean the Nighthawks podcast, the cinema-centric podcast for folks who like to stay up late? The very same Nighthawks podcast that gives you valuable context on film and covers new movies and old movies? The Nighthawks podcast also covers movies we love and movies nobody loves. You like how we keep saying Nighthawks podcast? Nighthawks podcast. You can find Nighthawks podcast on Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and at nighthawkspodcast.com. And we also cover movies from Norway. Nighthawks podcast. The movie nobody loves is Shark Week. Yo! Welcome back to Blind Date. I think we do that every time. Blind Date. It's just, it's got early 2000s, like, clip show vibes. It really does. On on the CW. <laughs> Wait, is CW still a thing? I think so. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. Do they still have the, like, the dancing frog? No. <laughs> with the top hat, right? No. That was a thing. The the racist WB frog. <laughs> Wait, what's a frog? A frog can be racist. It was very, like, mammy. Oh, <laughs> like, shit. Like, oh, shit. Minstrel I... show. Oh, yeah. crap. I didn't think of that. Yep. No, you're right. It was. You are Damn an it. asshole. Damn it. Not me. I didn't make the got frog. That, finally got that fruit fly. Uh, anyway. Sorry. Uh, right back at it. To the task at hand, shall at we? The, yeah. Let's do it. Track number seven is called Bastards, Bastards of, of the, the Young. young. I'm so young. What? Oh. I'm sorry. Hold on. Kirk, 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 Kirk. 
I'm so mad at you for getting that wrong. Holy cow. We need to start the song over again. We have never. We've never. Wow. That is unprecedented. And I don't know why it bugged me so much. You (laughs) threw the in there. I did. It's just called Bastards of Young. Okay. But we were also kind of like uh, harmonizing or, you know, like, (laughs) let's do it again. I'm doing it for Steve's sake because he probably wants people to hear the intro to this song. All right. So, Bastards of Young. Judging by the fact that I was mouthing every word to this song. This is the one you knew. This is the one I know. I knew it. Yep. So, yes, this song. Yeah. yeah Hell yeah. And, and if you uh, if you know any replacement song, it's probably this one. I didn't know it. So, but, I guess um, I didn't know it. <laughs> it's so good. So, and this is also the one where I was saying, if I had to compare it to somebody or some band from the 90s, it's that I get really strong Kurt Cobain vibes from Paul Westerberg's vocals. Oh. Start the song over and tell me that, that that this doesn't sound like a Nirvana song. Oops, run away. Oh, you missed it. Sorry. Ah. I'm sorry. Yeah, see? I see it. I there see you go. it. I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. No, yeah. And I, I'm wondering, like, I, I wasn't able to find anything, but maybe he was inspired by them as well, even though he's super grungy. He's He drew inspiration from a lot, a lot of, of really of, random yes, places. Yes, he did. Yes, he but did. But I love this song. Nope. It's a good so one. sad. It's a good one. I love So I fell into the same trap everyone else did. I thought the chorus was, we are the sons of no one bastards of young yeah it's no? weight on the sons of no one oh my bad whoops so it says uh contrary to popular belief these lyrics have been confirmed by paul westerberg to be weight on the sons of no one while people uh-huh. generally unknowingly sing we are he told spin magazine in 2010 it took years for someone to pick up on the fact that the chorus is weight on the sons of no one uh-huh. i didn't even know that i wrote it and forgot it 
A writer named Bob Mayer had to point out that point that out to me. I actually took it from a chapter in the Bible, <clears throat> which uh, is most likely Micah 5.7, which reads, And the remnant of Jacob shall be in the middle of many people as a dew from the Lord, as the showers on the grass that tarries not for man, nor waits for the sons of men. Uh-huh. Isn't that interesting? Uh, it's very interesting. I, Yeah, okay. Yeah. Love it. Such a good song. Very, yeah, that's a good one. And I get one. very, like I said, very strong like Nirvana, yeah. Kurt Cobain vibes just from the vocals throughout this entire album. But it's yeah. most apparent I to see me, it now, now that you say that. Yeah, yeah. it's most, and I, I knew that was going to happen. I was like, as soon as I say Kurt, he's going to be like, oh, yeah. Because I didn't think of that. I was, yeah. Yep. What a good song. Yep, that was a good one. It's a very, uh, very much, you know, in, in these, you know, punk usually sings about the, you know, the generation that they are yes, a part of. of course. Uh-huh. Or the generation before and just, you know, it says, fitting with the rebellious nature of the replacements, this song is about a lost generation. The references to Elvis and the baby boom imply their parents who huh. see them as uh-huh. nothing more than tax de- deductions. Sure. <clears throat> and then it goes on to explain what a bastard means, which we all know. But, um, <laughs> sure. yeah, it's a... Uh, it's a really sad song. Yeah. It's just kind of like, yeah. well, our parents only had us to make a little money uh-huh. every year, and they don't really care about us. And so, where do we go from there? I love the name of this track. The next one? Yeah, I do too. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's a cool, cool name. I don't know. What <laughs> track is number eight is called. What is it, Kirk? You love it. Lay it down, clown. That's <laughs> so good. I love the name of it. I was going to say that's about all I like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If it's like George Thorogood or something. I don't know. Yeah, like, like it's like, a sound I've never really been into. That's and that's exactly where I'm at. Yeah, is it's my like the, my love for this song stops at the title. Like almost like Southern rock kind of like yep. just very like Leonard Skinner. Yeah. So yeah. Unfortunately, this was this was one where I was like, eh, eh. But yeah, I love the name. Lay it down, clown. Yep. But next track, I think we're gonna get a little more positive here. Track Steve. number nine. Hang with us, Steve. Don't please run away. don't. Please don't hate us. You gotta listen to hear what we say about eleven, right? Yeah. Right. Yep. I hope. I don't know what Alan thinks. But until we get to eleven, we gotta go to track number nine, which yes, we is. Do. 
left of the dial. So, yes. Yes. Yeah? Loving this one? Yes. And I found a thing on Wikipedia that uh, the singer of Gaslight Anthem, who I used to listen to quite a lot, yeah, said that uh, actually his quote was, I don't have it written down, so I'm paraphrasing, but uh, he said without... Uh, replacements there would be no gaslight wow. anthem i could see it yeah and he said they said that uh left of the dial was a big and and it was like once i read that and i listened to the song i was like Holy absolutely because i'm not super familiar with the gaslight sure. anthem but i am familiar enough with them to go oh shit yes yeah yes this song this is like pure replacements yeah i was gonna say yep like it makes a lot of sense yes it does so i dig this song all right cool for sure so it's about college radio and a guitarist by the name of lynn blakely um so uh according to westerberg and rolling stone the story uh is that he was friends with a guitarist lynn blakely she toured with a band called let's active he hadn't connected with her in six months then by chance while driving he caught her voice on college radio Uh but the station faded out in a minute So they were just friends. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't dating. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's a cool story. I like it. It is. This but, is a good song. Yes. I didn't like it at first. Really? Yeah. But no. uh, but it's growing on me. Yeah. As as we were listening to this, I was like, you know, if I listen to this album more, I think I might grow to love it. I could. I could see what you're saying. Up. Uh, yes. Yes. So. Anyway. All right. Let's. Uh, let's. Uh, you want to say it this time? The band Schmelzumit. Oh, crap. Almost had it. Pend Schmultimate. Oh, my God. Close enough. Now I'm just being dumb. All right. It's the penultimate track, Little Mascara. That means second to last, guys. There. Oh. I guess it...
again, I get that like night. It's so weird. I get like a '90s vibe. Yeah, and we're in '85. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're a little ahead of their time. I think yeah, with this absolutely. album. Absolutely, it's a great. Ri- absolutely, there's a great rhyme in here with mascara and mod. Be scared of. <laughs> I don't know something about that. I just love. Uh huh. Oh, like no, I love like when they do like a. I don't know what's the word you would use, like a rhyme where it's like, "Holy shit! How did you even yeah, do that?" You absolutely. Know? So, <laughs> Decemberists uh, are really oh good man, at that. Oh man, they do that all the time. <laughs> uh, so I guess this song was a bit of a departure for Westerberg because uh, he didn't tend to write character-driven songs. Oh. Songs about a woman who fell for the bad boy, had some kids, and now finds herself alone, wondering how it all went wrong. Oh. Uh, he said he was inspired not by fellow storytelling rockers like Bruce Springsteen, but by some classic American authors. He said, quote, it's me trying to write a short story and put it to music. I went through a phase where I read all the Tennessee Williams and Flannery O'Connor, a lot of great Southern tragic people. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. It's, uh, you know, a lot of his songs are very introspective and sure. uh, you know, autobiographical. Sure. So it's interesting that he decided cool. to write uh, kind of a character song. It's a good one. Yeah, I like this one. It's a good one. Yep. I enjoyed this one. I, I get what you're saying about enjoying the last half of the album more than the first. Yes. Oh, okay. Actually, I think I just told you that off mic. Did you? I think I did. Oh. But, yes, that is that is my, like... Uh, your general final, feeling final on this, thoughts, that yeah. that well, I mean, we don't really do the final thoughts on you know, but yes, the last half of this album to me is it's more pretty solid. great. Yeah. yeah, no, it is mm-hmm. absolutely. Yep, definitely. And uh, here here we oh, come. Oh, this is Steve's favorite. This is the the one that Steve said uh, we had to tread carefully with because it's the story of his life. So this so, is he said, don't make him cry. Every rose has its thorn. Oh, wait. You. Here comes a regular. Here comes a regular. Call out your name 
Holy mother fucking shit, mother fuck, whatever. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel, Kirk. I fucking love this song. That's okay. <laughs> I like, that's what I fucking, I like love exclamation point. Holy shit. Yeah. I love this song. Is it, why? Is it, I don't know. Relatable or just, I mean, we've all got our haunts. I don't know. I when when I got to this song, like, you know, listening to this album, got to this one, I was like, I don't know. I was like, fuck. All I, I know is that when I listen to this song, I am absolutely gutted. It's just so it's sad. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm I a mean, lot like not sad in like a. I don't know. It's just it's relatable. Yes. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You go to one place, you know, like they say in Cheers, where yes, everybody exactly. knows your name. Exactly. But it's like your notoriety does not extend beyond that place. So I think maybe this time. Oh, I haven't been very cryptic. Th- not on episode. this episode. No. no, I was wondering. Uh, uh... <laughs> but maybe that's part of it. It's just being like this town, Astoria. Yeah. Is I am a regular. Yeah. How many places are you a regular? Exactly. Here, you know, it's... and maybe that's part of it. Could be. Because I'm like, I don't know. Oh, listen to the piano. I'm right there with you, Steve. This song is fucking gorgeous. I love it. Yeah, just listen to the piano. Never mind. It's oh, gone. I, mi- I was going to say, I missed it. <laughs> I was going to turn it off, but. So. No, I love this song. From a more practical standpoint, this song was written about the CC Club in Minneapolis, which is still in existence, uh-huh. that the band frequented. I found a picture on their Google page uh, of a sign on the outside. It says CC Club, and their little slogan is "Aching to be here." Yeah, I know of it. I've never been there. Oh yeah. Uh, and I did see a quote too because they have a star on uh, uh, First Ave Seventh Street entry, which is a major, major Minneapolis venue. The Mats do. Uh, Matt's? The rep- that's what... Oh, sorry, yes. And he, the quote was something like that it was like such a great honor or something. Oh, to wow. Which, yeah. Could be, oh, sorry, because uh, the outside of the building is decorated... The building's black and then there are white stars. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a, you know, like the... What's the Hollywood, you know, walk yeah, of the, fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that. And they would paint... A white star with a band name. Okay. So you know, there's Prince, of course. Of course. You know, uh, Pixies, I think, are up there. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So they they got a star on there, and they were interesting. Like, like they were very, uh, you know, pleased about that. That's so, yeah. cool. Yeah. I like that. Um, I don't know why you said we don't do final thoughts because we definitely do. Even no, I don't know. Listener picks because um, I don't remember what we're doing anymore. I'm about fifty-fifty on this album. Yes, I think I'm right there with you. There's a uh, half of the tracks I like, half of them I could just do without. But it's like I said, the more I listen, I probably would enjoy it. I feel like sound-wise, this album is a little all over the place. Yeah, it is. Uh, But I will say Bastards of Young still rules. Very good. No, I 100% agree. Uh, Yeah, I think you're right. I think I could pick like half this album and be like, Hell yeah. Yeah. That's something I'm going to listen to a lot. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. In fact, I had to go for my Spotify. I had to, you know, love a bunch of these, mm-hmm. especially number 11, uh, because then they'll come up later. Yeah. So. Um, what do you want to do for the playlist pick? <sighs> I mean, I want to do 11. All right. Okay. Let's okay. Do it. All right. 
I I I have no I, don't know. I have no ties to any of this okay. album except for Bastards of Young. And that's I, a good you one know, too. But we don't we don't like to do the obvious choice. So okay. uh, that one just man, I don't know. Yeah, I can't it. wait to hear that song again. So all right, yeah. Here comes thank you, regular. Steve. Thanks for the thanks for the yes, suggestion, thank man. You I'm, so much. I'm glad we finally got to do it. I yes. you know, I promised you a few months ago that we were gonna. It's a fun one. It was. I very enjoyed fun. it. I mean, I know we. I mean, that's what we do. I'm not. Why do I apologize for everything we do? I don't know. <sighs> Stop apologizing. That's, that's what I do. I apologize just, for everything. Just own it. Okay. No, you're right. Yeah, half the album was fucking amazing. I'll give you that. What well, What about the other half? <sighs> uh the other half was boring yeah so that's that's my hot take there we go all right way to way to own it i'm getting better you're getting better (laughs) you guys are great thanks for uh thanks for listening and if you want to hear a specific pick email us at neverhoodpod at gmail.com or message us on Facebook at facebook.com slash neverhoodpod or send us a direct message on slide into our DMs on Instagram. Is that what the kids still say? I don't have no idea. That's also at neverhoodpod. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're always willing to take a suggestion and uh, I think we're going to do that again next week. Got a friend on before yes. she moves away forever yes. and, uh, we we deferred to her, and she's got something exciting planned for us. So uh, it's a genre we don't really dig into a whole lot on the podcast. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. I did get confused early on when I was like, "Oh, we're doing the, you know, Hannah is coming on," but nope, what? we we weren't. No, I know, oh, but yeah. I was like, "Oh, I was like, <laughs> I looked at the date, and I was like, ah, I'm off." Nope. So yeah. So anyway. We're excited yes. to have uh, have another guest Hell on. Yeah, Hopefully always. you guys enjoy it. She's a hoot. Yes. So um. Anyway. All right. We love you guys. Love you. Love you, Steve. Love you, Steve. Thanks Hopefully for the pick. You're not too. <laughs> Hopefully you're not too disappointed in our opinions. Something tells well, me. Well, I'll find out when I see him. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. We'll see you guys uh, next time. Love you.